everyone. My name's Caitlin, and I'm ready to get in the flow. Oh, damn. Oh, I looked How's at you because I was like, did I steal yours? Because you actually said it five minutes before. <laughs> I didn't want to give that. that away. I was legitimately going to give you credit for that. I wasn't going to say that, but it threw me off because I was like, damn, you took that right from me like five, five minutes, minutes ago. before this. Uh -huh. And now I'm like, I I realized I didn't come up with one as soon as you said that. I was like, oh, shit. My name's Zach, and, you know, this is about progressing. I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know. I'm stumped now. This is manipulating the masses. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives. Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you, the people, have the power. I thought for sure Great that was going to be... I thought for sure that was going to be your intro. And I was like, yep, I'll go first. I'll go first. No. I'm going to take it. <laughs> you were very eager to go first. I didn't, you know, and I was like, maybe in my back of my head, I was like, I'm going to fall back to that one. Cause I usually try to do it on the spot, but you know, it threw me off. I just, I got, a, I had a jealous rage. I'm like, you just stole that from me, but I wasn't going to say it out loud. I wasn't, I was just going to let that be between you and me, you know, but now everybody knows. Would you have brought it up after the after the fact? You were like, by the way, we need oh, to talk about how you Oh, as soon as we turned this off. <laughs> yep, as soon as we turned it off. That was going to be my first comment. Like, way to steal my intro. Okay, <laughs> now let's go about our day, you know. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but now the world knows, so uh -huh. I'm okay. Now yeah. all is right. All is back to normal. I don't take credit. Um, well, I give credit where credit was deserved. <laughs> I just happened to get to the punch factor. <laughs> Fair enough. That is a that is a very valid point, Caitlin. You are very great at that. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, with that, it's pretty clear we're going to talk about progressive and flow. Even if you've read the title. So, uh, to intro this off, back in two thousand seven was when these commercials started. A star is born. Flow, the progressive star. Um, she has dominated the airwaves for over a decade, and it really all started with five unscripted words, right? And I mean, yeah, you've read the title of the podcast, you heard the intro, it's flow from progressive, but today we're breaking down the iconic progressive series, and they call it a sitcom, actually, an ad sitcom. And flows the main character. So we're breaking down this iconic progressive ad sitcom and the benefits for the brand um, and what it means to have like a steady character produced for your brand, the ups, the downs, the the perils, the benefits. Um, so uh, before we get going, you know, we'd love to start with a question. So Caitlin, what's like, think back to all the commercials you've seen with flow in them. And it's so hard. I tried to do this because they all blend together. Is there one that stands out for you? Mm -hmm. that you remember oh you do okay hit me what was the commercial i uh actually there is a couple so what um oh, okay the first one that immediately stood out to me was when flo was playing a bunch of different characters in the family do you remember that one it was in the living room yes. and there was one flo like riding an exercise bike and then there was another flo yes. acting like the mom and then the dad and then it was just all like <laughs> just flows on flows um, yes, it flows out flows. <laughs> and then that's uh, my rapper name, by the way. Actually, flow on flow. Yeah, flow on flow. <laughs> uh, the second one was when they introduced Jamie, and dare I say that I like Jamie a little bit better than I like Flow? Oh. I don't know. Um, oh. Changed my mind, but uh, they introduced him, and then the one commercial that I don't find particularly funny, but it was during the pandemic, and they had it. Uh, they were doing a Zoom meeting of the progressive team. Yes, and like Jamie just kept yes. fucking it up in some degree. <laughs> <laughs> Very, I think that is 
I mean, as usual, our questions lead into perfect segues because we'll be talking about all of that, why they brought in characters uh, to run alongside Flow and as well as like the strategy they use for Flow. So it's, it shows that it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't really think of one that like stood out, right? Like for me, what I thought of was the classic her in the all white superstore mm-hmm running the price tag thing like that's what i remember from i think the rest of them just kind of blend together for me like any sitcom does you know you have your favorite episode of a sitcom and then the rest of it just kind of blends together right Mm -hmm. um so it's very interesting that it does that uh i think maybe it's also worth. oh go ahead i think it's also worth mentioning that the way you associate flow is with more than just flow herself like you don't remember the commercial itself but you remember the all white sterile scenario that she was in and actually that is how i remember it as well um just the specific commercial that came to mind was actually like one of the first or maybe the couple that they did that was actually in a setting which was a living room yep um but it's very indicative like the sterile all-white price room is very indicative to the brand itself so i just wanted to call that out i love that man this is going to be a great episode we're talking about all of that and their reasonings behind all of that down to the sterile white Mm. uh shopping experience so in in 2007, uh, Progressive Insurance, believe it or not, was still trying to make its mark on the industry. Uh, they were, you know, a player, not a big player, right? Um, to put their position in perspective, in 2007, their share price was $13.43 a share. So to buy a share of Progressive, $13.43. Today, their stock price sits at $112.41. So it's, that's a 700, you know me, I love the data. That's a 737% increase in little over a decade. So they have eight times over their revenue, their worth. They've, uh, they were making about 11 billion in 2007. Now they're making upwards of 35 billion. So, you know, it's tripling their business over that time. Um, they have blown up. And at the time in 2007, they had a brand issue, Caitlin, that uh, I thought you'd be interested in where they were being confused with Progresso Soup. Oh, you know the brand Progresso Soup? Of course, yes. Yes. Yeah, so they would, their marketing team, they had a brand issue. People would be like, what is this soup company doing in insurance? Why, why am I like, they, people were very, they did not know the difference between progressive and progresso. And would you agree or disagree that you feel like today it's switched? Like you had to think of progresso, but like progressive is everywhere, right? And actually it's funny because back in 2007, I don't know if this was the exact year, but I'm thinking like over a decade ago and I'm thinking about progresso commercials. And the reason I do remember that is because they were positioning themselves against Campbell's soup, which was kind of like Mm. a creamy soup and progresso. Their whole stance was like, no, you get the meat in ours. You get chunkiness. Like it was chunky progresso soup. And they were going hard in the paint on their advertising early on. So uh, that's really funny and makes sense to me because yeah, I mean, Progresso yeah. was going hard in the paint back in the yeah, day. Yeah, and you, uh, yeah, and you just sent me down a path. Like, man, like those chunky meat soups, like the chunky man soup and yes, stuff the like chunky that, man. like those canned soup. I swear yeah, they used to like man. talk about brand ambassadors. I feel like they recruited athletes to. <laughs> oh yeah yes they absolutely did you're right they were like football players yeah yeah you're absolutely right man Mm -hmm. that sent me down a path Mm -hmm. and you where what happened to that right i guess the totally didn't last right were they just like Like, i don't think nobody wants to eat chunky man i don't think people are into (laughs) soup anymore like let's just throw in the towel guys yeah and maybe having a soup that's heavy on meat and then the brand name has man in it maybe not the best combination you know you don't want to feel like a cannibal at the end of the day Mm. um anyway to round this conversation back progressive uh they were just kind of stagnant holding steady uh the the team needed a shot in the arm on the marketing side so they turned to the ad agency arnold worldwide um i went to their website very very pretty website um, the agency is still in operation today, 
by the looks of it, uh, when I was looking around on their work, uh, it looks like Progressive is like their their cash cow, right? Like they have a few other things here and there, but it's it's like ninety percent Progressive uh, work. Uh, this Arnold Worldwide Agency is actually responsible for the new uh, "Unbecoming Your Parents" ads for Progressive. The ones "Don't Become Your Parents." Yep, you, you love those, right? Love those are my mm -hmm. favorite commercials and have been for <laughs> years like since they came out that is my favorite commercial why why are they your favorite why they're, are they your favorite why they're clever they favorite? like and i don't know they make me laugh i laugh at yes. those which i don't yes. laugh at any commercial but that's the one where i was like do you know why why because it's relatable because no, because it, you're in the demo and you're a new homeowner. You are literally their demo and they're trying to speak directly to you. So like, of course, you know. I get like, why you're saying that, but I've been hilarious. laughing since I was a 20 year old living in an apartment in Seattle. Because <laughs> no one oh, wants to yeah. be their well, parent. That, it's pretty recent. Well, exactly. But I do think that's pretty recent. Like in the last three years, three, yeah. maybe four years, they've rolled it out. It's been pretty recent. Yeah, um, I was they 20, also uh, are. I was in my twenties four years ago. Thank you very you? much. <laughs> you were, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, maturity-wise, you know, that's all. Okay, okay, whatever. Anyway, they they also are responsible for the for my favorite progressive commercial, which is the sign spinning guy. You know, like where you know he's like spinning the sign, and that's like his whole thing. Like, read the sign, like. I love those ones. I think that's those it. ones are great too. That one is like the most boring yeah, commercial. It's not funny. Oh, fuck off. That's my favorite. That's my Why? favorite. Why but is I it think your that favorite? one speaks to me because I think that one speaks to me. It's just like this like sarcastic young white dude. Like that's kind of scruffy, you know, that's just kind of like doing his thing. Like I, I love the like subtleness of it. Like it's very like the unbecoming your parents and flow are like over the top, right? I think the sign spinning one's funny, but it's very subtly funny, you know, like it doesn't beat you over the head. Um, yeah, I like those ones. Those are my favorite. But like it's you. funny that this Arnold Worldwide credit to them, like they they came up with all of these and clearly like they're some of our favorite running currently. Um, so uh, we see this a lot though, and we've seen this stretched across other uh, insurance brands that they rely on comedy, right? Like, and it clearly like it works. If, if in that 30 seconds you can laugh, it works. So why do you see insurance brands specifically, Geico, uh, Liberty Mutual, mm -hmm. uh, Progressive, you know, these insurance brands are going funny. Why mm -hmm. do you think they're using comedy? Why do you think that is? I'm happy we're talking about this because we always talk about how the insurance companies are the best on the air to date. And I don't really have an answer. I think, I think it's plain and simple. Like everybody needs insurance. We get it. It's not like a MacBook where you really have to sell them on the mm. sleekness of it. And you're like, you need this. Insurance companies are like, Hey, there's four of us out here and you need one of us and might yes. as well like kind of make fun of ourselves which i think hits mm -hmm. the hardest with millennials who are buying insurance right now like people who can make fun of their yeah. industry a little 100 percent um i agree like and i just think insurance is a very boring potentially mm -hmm. scary product like you're buying you know insurance for something terrible yeah. to happen in your life right like in case mm -hmm. so and it, and it's i think I, I think that's one reason is it's like they don't give a shit they're not selling you in the commercial they're not saying like they will sometimes pricing savings like but that kind of like goes out the window right like you don't register that well they're just making it seem like oh when i need to buy insurance when i come in i'm who do i think of yeah progressive because yeah. they made me laugh right like because like it's just kind of like they're they're planting a seed for when you actually need it to be the one that's top of mind because comedy's top of mind right yeah um i uh yeah shit, i just had something at the top of my mind that i was gonna say about <laughs> this and i forgot 
keep going and I'll get back. It'll That's come okay. to me. I will. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come to me. Um, and then I, I think the other thing is, is like, you got to think the delivery of these commercials is usually during a show or a sporting event. And I think these insurance com commercials with comedy fit into the content side that you're actually watching for the best right it's not like a break from the content and apple new iphone comes in mm -hmm. and they're like showing all these cool features and sleek shots like that those never register with me because i'm just like i don't give a shit. this wasn't what i was watching for but if you're watching a comedy show and they have a comedy commercial it fits right like you're just kind of like in that mode so i think they're thinking of their delivery and placement as well i think when you just Did talk it come about back to you no, well, yes, it did come back to me. So I'll just quickly mention it. It wasn't like the hero of this pod, the, the topic, but um, <laughs> I did just want to mention, like, I think insurance companies knows that you can't, like the prices are also kind of the same across the board. It's not like, hey, come to us because yeah. we're the cheap car insurance company, like we'll discount you by $50 or whatever it is. And so I think that they need to find yeah. a different avenue. So that's what I was thinking about earlier. But now I'm thinking about the way we watch TV and the commercials that I actually appreciate are so polar, polar opposite. There is nothing in the middle that I actually value and appreciate. And what I mean by that is like, the the mac yeah. commercials and the apple commercials are so over the top produced cgi graphics occasionally or you know they're just like the close shot close-up shots of the phone and the mm. camera and it's so beautiful aesthetically pleasing like you appreciate its actual art like there are commercials out there that are actual yeah. art so those are on just like the overproduced like you know, high budget. And then the other end of it is like, we're just going to make fun of ourselves because we can't really compete with four other insurance companies mm -hmm. because we're all selling the same shit and we get it. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to make fun of ourselves. The ones in the middle are where you, I'm totally lost. Like I could give a yeah. shit. What would you classify those ones in the middle as? Like what would be a typical ad of like one in the middle? Like a uh, great question. Uh, probably like Verizon. Mm. Is, a, is a typical ad where it's like, hey, we're Verizon, we cover nationwide cell coverage, and we'll give you a There's phone. a deal going on. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a deal, deal going, going on. on. Yeah, it's you such know, a structured like, yeah. template. Yes. Yeah. I, and I'm like, I think I've, you hit it with me too. I've seen it before, but then I see the Apple commercial come on where I'm like, damn, that costs some money to produce. Or I see the progressive <laughs> where I'm like, thank you for adding a little bit of humor into this. Yeah. But don't you, don't you feel that on that Apple side, you appreciate them because you're in advertising No, Like you're just like, you know, the, the intricacies of what goes into that. And there's so much decision-making and the, and the functionality is great. And the, the like, do you not, do you think, the average consumers watching that and being like whoa great commercial because to me i'm like uh, no that's fair and i think this is a topic that has come up a couple times but i'd say i think the average consumer does appreciate art i mean museums like there's art galleries the museum people go and appreciate art so it's not like you have to be in the marketing game to appreciate visually aesthetic yeah. content um so I I would say that I think the average consumer does appreciate the overproduced value of a Mac commercial. Because okay. they're also okay. they can Agreed also disagree. I think you can also put oh, put it up against another commercial and be like, like people aren't dummies. They know what a good commercial yeah. is versus a really shit commercial shot on someone's iPhone or oh, something. Oh, definitely. And Definitely. so they can appreciate Definitely. the value that went into that. Um, that's my argument. I, I just think a lot more people buy phones than go to museums, Caitlin. I think you're overestimating the, uh, the America's appreciation for art and culture. I think you're overestimating it. <laughs> I, think I think you're underestimating. Most, most people. Mm, okay. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's right in the middle, you know? So maybe that's why it's a good ad. Data uh, to come. Cricket just like builds characters. Yeah, there you go. Um, so uh, let's bring it back to Progressive. Uh, when they came up in 2007, Arnold Worldwide came up with this. They pitched uh, Progressive uh, on this idea, concept of a superstore uh, for Progressive's online 
uh, policy options. So their, their, their thinking was um, insurance is intangible. So let's make it something tangible. So let's put boxes of like home, car, like let's put boxes of insurance so people can grab them. Let's have it be like a, a buying system and pe something people are familiar with. Because in 2007, e-commerce was still relatively new. People were afraid to put in their information online. So they said, let's make it familiar. Let's have them at a superstore with the checkout aisle um, and make them feel safe and comfortable, but make it in this clean, white, uh, sterile environment, not the messiness, not crowded, like still that feeling you get online where it's like manicured for you, but with the familiar process. Uh, do you have any reactions to that being the branding expert here? Genius. Agreed. Um, so uh, that's when they uh, started filming their first commercial, the first flow, which who I will say is played by the actress Stephanie Courtney. This is the uh, first time I'm ever hearing hit. her name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stephanie Courtney. Uh, she actually is a very uh, renowned actress. She graduated from uh, the Groundlings, which is a famous uh, theater group in LA, which produced the likes of like Will Ferrell and mm. um, a lot of other names that I don't remember right now, but a very popular group. Uh, and she's actually been featured in uh, Mad Men. And she's been featured in uh, like a lot of TV episodes. I went to the Mad Men one because I'm a huge fan of Mad Men. And I was like, when the fuck was Flo in Mad Men? And I saw a clip and you would recognize, all I'm going to say is you would know the character, but you would never guess it was Flo. Really? Like you would know the character. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like a extra role. Like it's, it's a, it's a. I wouldn't say prominent character, but it's a recurring character. Oh my you would god! Never guess who it is. And we're gonna put it. We're gonna put it in our Facebook group. So if you're curious, you can see Flo uh, with a picture of her insurance and then a picture of her in Mad Men because it's pretty incredible. I'm rewatching Mad Men right now, so this is very topical. I think we all. I think everybody at the agency is rewatching Mad Men. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you gonna tell uh, me who it is, I or will do you say want me to she's guess? In the first episode. Shut up. I will up. say is she's she, in the first episode. Is she the businesswoman? No. Nope. She's not nope. the Jewish department nope. store owner. Nope. Not her. What? I she literally just it. watched this yesterday. I know, right? Uh, she is uh, oh, one of the actresses wait. in the phone. Oh, oh that's, sorry. Sorry. that's what it. I was going <laughs> to guess, Zach. Yeah. Oh, but, sure. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. But I couldn't yeah. put a face to her. I was like, where did I see actresses? And they were in the, f yeah, that I, but I can't remember which one she was. Like, she's not familiar to me in my exactly. head. Huh. No, exactly. Like you would never recognize it. And so what I learned from this is like Flo is a well-developed character, right? Like it is a, she's a well-developed character. So in her first episode, Stephanie as Flo, the ad aired on uh, January 14th, 2008. And what the ad features, we'll post the full ad to our Facebook group. Uh, uh, the ad features a customer checking out like in a grocery store setting. He puts a box of insurance down uh, and then it goes through. What's that little carousel thing called? The little where you put it down, then it scrolls to the conveyor checkout belt? person and then they swipe it. There it is. Sure. I'd, is it called a conveyor belt? I don't fucking what know. I was trying. All I ask is when I was writing this script, I d couldn't remember and I didn't want to spend time. Like, I was like, I got to push through this script. I can't be just hung up on what the fuck this grocery thing's called. Like, I, so I, ju I just don't know. I just say, like, a checkout thing. That's what I put in here <laughs> as the script. <laughs> it's conveyor belt. It's a conveyor belt. But now you like okay. have me doubting myself. So we'll just move on from this conversation. That it makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense <laughs> to me, but I just don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he puts a box on the conveyor belt with insurance. It scrolls down, flows the checkout girl. She's like, Hello, did you find your policy okay? And the customer's like, Yeah, this was great. I saved $350. Flo gets very excited. She announces the $350 savings in the mic. And then she starts piling on boxes. Like this is complimentary 24 seven service. This is like concierge. And so this guy's like stacked with boxes at this point. Um, and then the customer's just like, oh, wow. And then Flo in her moment of brilliance, the actress goes, wow, I said it louder. And 
that ends like that cuts to like the little graphic at the end. And it was those five words unscripted that were like the, the CMO of progressive, uh, Jeff, hang on a second. I have his name, Jeff Charney, the CMO of, uh, progressive was in there. And is in that moment, he was like, yes, this is a character we're going to build. And he had the like light bulb moment of like, this character is going to be featured in this store for as long as we can make it work. Uh, Two questions. Just brought like this energy, this relatability. Yeah, hit me. One, can you say what she said again? What were the five words? Wow, I said it louder. So he, customer goes, wow. And she goes, wow, I said it louder. that's, That's how she, that, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, like, that's yeah. funny. It was just okay. like that snarky little comeback, right? My right? second um, follow-up question was, so when Arnold Agency put together this commercial, it wasn't initially intended to have Flo as this reoccurring character. It was just like, this is the scene. And then Flo this just the cashed in on millions and millions of dollars for the next 10 years. Go Flo. Go Stephanie Five words. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So that's exactly right. Like, um, so in that moment, the CMO was like, we have a few other like store ones planned. So we had Flo just kind of like be in the checkout, like kind of be the store clerk. And it was about the store, but it slowly, like, they shifted the focus to flow, and it was about her. And that is, I mean, they, it, it's, it's incredible, right? So not even planning, sometimes the brilliance is just kind of like happened. So the agency pitched this clean store, comfortable checkout flow was born out of that. Um, yeah. Can I also just say that that moment is the uh, value of collaboration right there. I think a lot of people think that ideas and concepts come from one person, like the creative director or the marketing director. And it's mm-hmm. not true at all. It's it's an idea that gets built on and built on and built on and then messed up and then by so many people. And so just to hear that that, that Flo's character was actually not even intended from the jump off and it, it happened because the mm-hmm. CMO was there and Flo, the actress, like they all contributed their creative minds to this to build one of the funniest insurance companies to date, which I don't know if there's, if that's yeah. kind of a thing, but. Well, and make them money. Millions, that's the whole yes, point, billions, right? Like actually, yeah. billions, billions, billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so and, and we know we've talked about like the evolution of flow. We kind of know she gets featured, she gets featured uh, more and more. Um, but before I get into that, like this idea of a character representing your brand and a consistent character uh, is is now being rolled out by a lot of companies. So I'm going to quiz you real quick, Caitlin. Can you name me any ca- characters, AT&T. other characters? Uh, Lily from AT&T. That was the first one on my list. Yes, correct. Do you have another one? Geico. The Yeah, the gecko from Geico. Yeah, we'll count that. We'll count that. Give me a second. Oh, um the verizon guy back in the day who's now the sprint yes. guy can you hear me now guy yes yeah can you can hear, you hear me, me now, now guy? guy yes 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 he didn't have a name though i don't think that they he gave didn't to him. They gave um, you hear me i think now, you're guy. missing a big one. Oh, hold on then yeah, hold on I, I think you're missing a big one okay <laughs> i'm thinking insurance i'm thinking cell phones i'm thinking uh computers I'm thinking department stores, uh, uh, food items. I mean, Gatorade always enlists. I'm out. I'm out. Jake from State Farm. Jake. You know, you have, hey, yeah, right. That's a that's a big one. Um, and then Liberty Mutual has been rolling out this that Limu Emu and Doug. You mm-hmm. know, like that's like their new one too. So. Uh, it's, it's mostly, honestly, Caitlin insurance companies, they saw flow, flow worked. And now they're all trying to state farms insurance. They have a character, Liberty mutual insurance. They have a character. Um, Mm -hmm. even the, um, farmers insurance has that one guy, you know, that's like, always. he's like the, 
the curator of that museum of bad things, you know? So all of them, Geico has the gecko and uh, somebody has Mr. Mayhem. Uh, you oh know, yeah. Yeah. All state. It's all yeah. state. Oh, I think that is, it's all state. Yep. Has the mayhem guy. So yeah, they all do it now. Everybody's got a character. Everybody's got like, and this started with flow, which is crazy to me. Um, do you now the think, next evolution of this, yo, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but do you think each one of those characters are as effective as flow? I, this is a great question, Caitlin. I didn't think about this. I think they all speak to different people, honestly. Like, um, and I think this is just our advertising brains. Jake from State Farm used to be white, you know? They just like subbed him out for a young <laughs> black guy, and now he is still Jake from State Farm. Like, did you ever think about that? Like, I think they, I think each one is trying to find their own niche. Right? That's like They're trying to find their own little niche. That's like when um they subbed out the actress in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the mom, and everyone's yes. like, "Uh, did you yeah. think we weren't gonna notice? Like, we know." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like can you make some yeah, sort of so, announcement, like this is Jake's brother or something, or like whatever. But yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I did not notice at all. Yeah, no, I mean they did it. They just kind of did it, and they you just, just kind of like it. rolled with it, and, and then now, you accepted like this, it. And the, the yeah, and now the old Jake was like working with like old couples, and the new Jake gets to like hang out with celebrities and like be right. like with Drake is his understudy. Like he get he got he got the upgrade, man. Um, so it, it is, uh, I think they all try to speak to different demographics, but I do agree that it's a little oversaturated now. Like now it's a competition, right? It's not a way to differentiate yourself. They're doing this just to be competitive. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're mm -hmm. all just trying to find their own ways to, to do it. Yeah. Right? You know, it's funny, um, in the insurance realm, I think each one of those characters does work really well. And for me, it didn't, uh, I didn't feel any sort of way when they kept rolling out characters. It was almost like, oh, this is kind of the template for insurance companies. And you just, like yep. you said, you just kind of yep. accept it. And I think each one of those characters, I feel a certain way about. Like, I actually love the Mayhem guy now that you mentioned it. Like, he's funny as hell. And like, mm -hmm. Jake from State Farm, he's kind of like, oh, Jake, like, we love Jake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you know which one did piss me off that irritated me was Lily from AT&T. And I was like, we don't need the one a, woman. No, because I don't. I think Flo did a fine job. <laughs> oh no, I'm forgetting about Flo. I was going to the other one. Okay, I take it back. I forgot about Flo because I was thinking about all the other ones. Okay, okay. Cool. Um, I was just like, come on, AT and T. Like you had your gimmick. You had your whatever. Like we don't need another Flo. We don't need another yeah. character in this space. But it's interesting yeah. because you're right. Like all the insurance agencies just piggybacked off of Flow success. And I didn't give a shit. I was just kind of like, okay, this is the template for insurance companies. But when Absolutely. cell phone companies started doing that, I was like, nope, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> yeah, no, don't be breaching into this game. No, that's um, but I do think. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's so interesting that they all went into this like sitcom ad campaign is what, totally. they, what I found so interesting. They yes. treat every everything like a mini episode, right? Yeah. And something just kind of, it resets every time, but it's just kind of like it, they play them out just in different scenarios. I think it's a great tactic. Um, so, um, you know, the first two years, Flo's been running for forever. For the first two years, the kind of the evolution of Flo is the first two years, she was always in the superstore, right? She was always in the store. But then they thought the character would resonate outside of the store. So they started putting her in like different situations. The first one, like she was in a dream. It was called Best Day Ever, where she's mm. like mm. in a dream, you know, and this guy's like fantasizing about Flo on his boat with her, but she's talking about boat insurance. So, um, yeah, it, it's, they started moving her out and then you see it progressing with like characters and everything like that. And soon, like when they start doing this, like, this is the most brilliant branding move in my opinion, out of all of this is like flow. It became a cultural icon, right? Like there was flow Halloween costumes. Could you imagine as a brand getting people to dress up as your character on, on TV at for a hollow, like for, talk about free publicity 
right? Like you're a walking billboard, right? And she, yes, which is what I think. You know, we broached this, so might as well talk about it. Which I think is the the risk, right? Like uh, Stephanie, who plays the character Flo, very rarely gives interviews because it's she needs to keep this persona right like you know there is you are investing a lot in one person who is at the end of the day an actor an actress who's gonna have a life outside of your brand that's the risk right that i would say do you think that that is the risk for the actor slash actress or is it for the brand no because as the the actor Interesting, because I feel like the brand could put contracts in place that says, don't do any of these things outside of work in order to stay. She's a brand ambassador. She is the brand and you have to stay true to their their guidelines. So you can't get caught drunk Mm -hmm. on the LA streets at 4 a.m. or whatever. Um, Yeah, yeah. So the brand has contracts and legal steps that they can take but as an actress like do you really want to be tied to that persona forever i feel like the implications are actually on Mm. the actress versus the brand itself that stephanie can't give any interviews are you kidding like does she want to branch out and granted like if she found her niche and she's making millions of dollars which she is like you know live your life like that's it I mean, is get that it. insurance money yeah for <laughs> sure for sure i guess it's both ways like it's kind of like a a, a deviled partnership right like the brand is investing so much money and so much visibility into a single person who's a human right like who's going to represent their brand and that's where i see the risk right like could you imagine if flow was like arrested for dui like totally. that's not bad publicity for flow totally that's bad publicity like progressives gotta handle that right yeah. like and you gotta pull all these ads so like you're investing a lot but also you're right like on the actor side you're kind of selling your soul like you're never off at that you're point. never off you can't just have a weekend you're always living by this code but you're getting that consistent branding check you know it's yeah it's, it's and an interesting deal would you uh oh god damn it i keep losing my train of thought sorry keep going i keep talking too long that's the problem i keep talking too long um but it, let me let me just ask you a question then is you know what do you think is the key to success with flows commercials like is it the relatability like what do you think is mm-hmm. You know, it's, it is kind of an interesting partnership, but why flow specifically do you think that character works? Oh, that's so interesting. I might be going off topic here, but when I'm thinking about all the insurance characters, you said it, they each speak to someone different. And I think Flo mm-hmm. is an approachable character that makes insurance a little bit more lively than what it used to be. She's a little eccentric. She's approachable. She kind of looks like your mom from the 60s. So she has this look to her and i think like this approachability ness mm. i'm kind of like it's kind of a cop out because that's what you would say for any branding exercises like you want to be approachable but i truly think Definitely. that like if they had come out with uh mayhem first like he's mm. a fucking nightmare like he's this kind of like pretty yeah, good looking yeah. guy and he's very aggressive yeah and you it takes a while to warm up to him and i think if the characters had not been before the people who had not come before him lined him up for success maybe he would not have been successful but i think flo Mm. being that first character was like she really hit on a little bit of everything a little bit funny a little bit out there a little bit eccentric a little bit approachable uh and i think maybe that's why she's been successful I think that's a great answer. Uh, she, you know, in one of the rare interviews that I did see, she talked about it. She mentioned she she modeled the character after being like a goofy aunt, right? Yeah. Like a goofy aunt that comes to visit, right? But and not you the just kind of like one. love when she comes. Yep, yep. But she, you love when she comes. She brings fun. She brings like she makes you feel comfortable. She's just kind of quirky, and then she goes do you know the aunt leaves and then you're off to your normal life you know yeah so i think uh she understands that the character is good in small doses just like perfect for a commercial you know 
Um, so I think you're right. I think that's a big success. Now, my end of the success uh, comes from the article I read where, the, like I said, the CMO of Progressive, Jeff Charney, love this guy. Because he gives credit where credit is due, in my opinion, to, to the success of flows. And he's saying it's not in the content, it's not the flow, but on the data they utilize in their ad buying is the reason why flow is so successful. Mm. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, usually, and we know this because we're an agency, but you know, usually big brands will uh, pay agencies to create the content, but they'll also pay them to purchase the placement, right? So they'll pay them to buy the ads. Um, what they did with Arnold Worldwide was like, no, just make the content. We're going to bring all the ad buying in-house so we can oh. analyze the data so we can run it and we can make our decisions very quick, right? Um, so his team, he bought together all of these data analysts for progressive that work in house and they analyze, they release about like 15 variations of every commercial release it out 15, but then they optimize so quickly and they optimize not only placement, but what the ad creative is. And they just do it so fast that in like a week, you know, that feeling that you've seen the same insurance commercial 25 times, that's not by mistake because they will just get the data back, who's engaging, how, who's resonating, who's not, and then they'll pull the ones that aren't working. They're so quick to pull ads that aren't working. Um, so it, I, that's what he credits the success of this to, which I find very fascinating. I mean, that's the nuts and bolts side of advertising, right? How does he measure what is working and what's not? They have a lot of robust tools. I think um, part of it would be, you know, they run a lot of digital ads. So when are people dropping off? You can obviously, if, if anybody's watching anything on YouTube or anything like you can see exactly where people drop off viewing, right? Um, they probably have a lot of survey and like they buy into survey and fo live focus groups. So they'll show the ad and then the person in an app has got to say how they feel afterwards. Um, like for example, they had one ad that featured this guy named Brad and Brad talked in the third person. He was like, Oh, Brad, he was kind of like douchey. He's like, Brad likes this. Brad does this. It ran for about two days and then they cut it, you know? Um, because people were like, Ooh, I don't like this fucking, it wasn't even about flow. It was about this dude. And they were like, uh, like, don't like the vibe of this dude. Cut it. So they just refine so quickly and then they just pepper the ad that's working the best, right? They just like run it till it can't be run anymore. Uh, and I thought that's an interesting strategy for commercials in general, right? I mean, all advertising, that's what it should be, right? Any thoughts? Yeah. Well, I was thinking I, uh, you just kind of opened up the scope a little bit more than what I was thinking in my narrow brain was just commercials equal. <laughs> TV, but you're saying that they collect yeah. data from all of these digital platforms. Is there a way yep. or that yep. you found it to collect data from actual TV commercials? Uh, I'm sure they have something like channel changes, like, you know, when yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. if you have a lot of channel changes during the commercial, then it might be. But honestly, like Hulu's a dream for progressive like they are on TVs, but it's run through an app, which gives you all of the same data any digital video will give you. So like they run ads on Hulu all the fucking time. Mm. So my, if it was me sitting in that CMO seat, I would say let's pepper Hulu and YouTube with all of our variations. Let's mm. run the shit out of them for two weeks get down to the one that, cause we can get all the viewing data, pick the one that works and then we move it to TV. And then push right? it out to so, public television. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. So I think Hulu is like an advertiser's godsend cause you're consuming the same live TV with so much more information that you can get back uh, as a marketer. You know? I also just love this point. I'm gonna just harp on this for a little bit is like, Agencies are wonderful. They should be a supporting element to your marketing team in house. Like you should always have someone to run point on marketing. And then, sorry, I oh, just had popular. a popular. I had a phone call. Um, 
and then use an agency to help support and execute your vision. Um, and so I think that this CMO, Jeff Cherney was so brilliant in that and was like, Hey, I can actually do the media buying better than you can. All I need from you is content. And that is exactly how you should use an agency. I completely agree. I completely agree as a supplemental piece, not as running your entire marketing, right? Like there yeah. needs to be someone pushing out this other, this other, and that's completely dedicated to you. Cause like it or not yes. agencies, I mean, we have many clients, right? Like we're yep. doing this on mass yep. and that's our business model. And I think if they, you come to an understanding like, yeah, we'll support you here, but we're doing yes. this on mass. And you say, no, I'm focused on this and I'm going to make sure the quality is up to my standards. Then yes. it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, great point. Great point. So my, uh, I have two kind of final question, marketing prop questions for you. My first is more like philosophical. How long do you think flow will last? Do you feel like flows on (laughs) her last leg? No, I wonder since you posed this question, I wonder if they're introducing Jamie because Jamie is becoming more of a centralized character and he is Absolutely. Does he have his own commercials yet with Outflow? I feel like he yes. does. He does. Yes. I believe he does. I so believe he does. Yes. I I also want to give hats off to Progressive for the introduction of Jamie. I think Jamie is also a great, great character. He's also that little bit of like, oh, you're the nerdy cousin that comes in and you need him in doses. Mm-hmm but just doses. And so I think that they did that so brilliantly, Mm -hmm. like hats off to those two actors. Um, I don't know, maybe she'll maybe she'll get weaned out, but not entirely. I think they're adding this supplemental character. Yeah. You know what? As I talk through this, everybody has a shelf life. Everybody has a shelf life. I think so too. I think so too. And And you know, she's done a wonderful job. And I think uh, the agency knows that or whoever is putting Jamie at the center of it and he's going to, and I think Flo will make cameos. She'll be a cameo person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I thought it was, and this is why we'll talk about the characters because that's exactly why I asked the question. Like, I think they started introducing, and you remember when they first did it, like you remember Jamie, but it was like a team, right? Like they were, they were live testing about seven follow-ups to flow right and like they were just they were testing them all out who they were all a little different and like had a different vibe and they live tested it they did the same thing right that is so funny optimized to the highest performing one and now they're putting them in everything did they truly great marketing strategy like i saw that like in real time i could tell like whether that's like a marketing aspect of my personality or whatever, but I could tell that they were kind of like testing that out as these new characters. Did they come out and did they come out and say like, yeah, those were actual live tests to see which character resonated well? No. Okay. So that was just your no, assumption I, of it. I'm taking, I'm taking their CMO strategy for ad buying and yeah. I'm applying it to the characters. Yeah. I don't think that's a leap, right? Like yeah. you put in a bunch of variations, optimize to the best one, and then you're able to take the next step. Like, no, it's so now, true. Like you said, Jamie's featured all the time. Because you know? I, yeah, Jamie did not start off as Jamie. He just started off as someone, a part of a group. And then you slowly started to see him gain more screen time, which I'm just like smiling from mm-hmm ear to ear because it really is genius. Like they did not have a plan just like they didn't have the plan when Flo launched of, okay, Jamie is the next character. It's like, Hey, no, we're not going to sign any sort of deals. We're not going to put pen to paper on this. We're going to figure out what the audience likes. And through that, they developed this character and it's kind of this relationship with the audience. And I think that's why it's been so, so successful too, is like this, nobody gives the the audience credit and like building that relationship with the characters and progressive did that so well yes yep i completely agree caitlin and i think we've come full circle like it is understanding your audience and that's why i've been like talking about it throughout like who are you talking to mm-hmm. how are you talking to them is don't make the key assumptions advertising right 
God, I yeah. love this so yeah. much. This like kind of gets me just brainstorming or thinking because in all of the brands that we work with, it's always like, okay, we have to develop an audience. That is brand strategy, but you never want to make assumptions about your audience. You can't just develop an audience and that, oh my God, now you get, now you got me on mm -hmm. one, Zach, because there's like, I told you we, this was a good one. I told you this is a good one. <laughs> You know, those kind of like Instagram marketers, the Instagram personalities yeah. that are like marketing professionals and they give advice and they're yeah. always saying, pick your niche, pick your niche, pick your niche, build your blueprint yeah. person. But it's not that simple. You don't just build your audience. You have to really figure out who that audience is. You can't just say, oh, I'm targeting Vogue when you're actually not putting out a Vogue product. You're yep, putting out a Walmart product. I completely agree. Yes, I completely agree. That one resonated with me a little hard. You know why? That one that one hit me a little harder. Yes, I know what you were I know what you were getting at there. I completely agree though. Right? You can't I just completely say you have agree. an audience that's audience. not actually your audience. Like give like I agree. Figure out who's using Well then, can yeah, I anyways, I'm on a tangent. This was a good well, topic. No. No, let me ask a follow-up. Let me ask a follow-up then. So what if a brand wants to break into a new market? What if they appeal to the 55, but they want, they're like, you know, young people are the future. What, what do you do as a brand then? You need to cultivate a, a new audience, right? Like you need to pick an audience and go after it. So how do you, how do you do that? Right? Like what, what's your steps? Do you just change messaging? I don't know. I don't know. Did progressive not just write the rules for us i feel like oh yeah maybe brought it full circle yeah i think yep. they wrote the rules for everybody and nobody's paying attention i didn't even pay attention you just like you've sounded off so many alarm bells in my head right now it's like <laughs> do not define your audience so if you want to go after an 18 year old but up until this point your product is not resonating with 18 year olds then yes you put out four new products all different all different and figure out which mm. one is actually sticking with that audience and yes. you, you know yes. in very basic terms you stand out on the corner and you hand out all of your products to 18 year olds and that is how you get feedback back but you don't assume that they're gonna like something don't make those assumptions i uh, uh, that's a great call out Caitlin. give them choices yes, i think uh so if yeah. So if you're, if you're looking to break into a new market variation, and I think testing is what like, you can't just like be like, Oh, young people love yeah. sparkles. We're going to yeah. put sparkles on here. Like, yeah, it's like, you need to, you need to just put variations out there and as many as you can muster. Right. Um, that's a great call out Caitlin. So I have one other, uh, last kind of like question for you. And this is kind of like the future of this character ad sitcom idea. How do you feel? I looked it up on Instagram, uh, flow, the character doesn't have a social profile. Like even if it's managed by progressive, right? Do you not, do you see that as an opportunity in the future to like create like a Mr. Mayhem? social profile and then people can follow them or a Doug and Limu Emo or Jake from State Farm. Like, do you see that as a potential new avenue where like, it's just a branding channel, right? Like it's run by the brand, but it's like, you're following the characters. Cause that's what pe it's better than following State Farm on Instagram is following Jake from State Farm on Instagram. You can still do the same messaging. It's just, you're following a person. Like, how do you feel about that strategy? Right? I went full circle in my head about my opinions <laughs> as you were walking me through that scenario. <laughs> I started off very anti in the matter of what, how long was that? Yeah, seconds? Yeah. I started off very anti. Yeah. And then as you kept walking me through that scenario, I came all the way back to actually, you know, 180. And I came to the position yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yes, I actually think that's a brilliant move is actually you've created a character. Now have her live yes. outside of the platform. Yeah. 
I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah. uh, I think it's a great way to deliver content. I think people, if the flow from progressive had a social media profile, like I think people would follow it even out of sheer irony. Right. Oh, like, that's so oh yeah. Good. I follow flow from, from progressive. Right. Like, and then you just have an audience right there. I think that's the next step in this. And character development. I think you it's also like, hit it where it's like, uh, you don't, nobody's following state farm or you know they probably have a following there's no doubt they have a following but nobody wants to i follow. think all their employees <laughs> yeah can i just pause for a yeah. second and actually look at state Farm's social media channels no i'm gonna look at progressive this yeah. is about progressive yeah let me know because it's probably employees i mean they might do like company culture stuff but that's what you would follow a company for if you work there and you wanted company updates especially a big company like that's what that should be for use flow as a sales channel, right? Like fucking create a profile for have her do stupid TikToks during the filming, like just have like three TikToks laid out, not overproduced, just kind of like silly ones, you know? Okay. So, uh, progressive does have social channels and, um, on Instagram, they have 52,000 followers. Uh, guess how nah, many, not great. Well, guess how many likes the first image has out of 52,000 followers? 2,000? 73. 73. Oh. And for those of you oh. who don't under quite understand, that engagement is horrible you might as well not even have an instagram you might as well you might as well just throw your social channels out the window because they are not serving any sort of purpose any well progressive fucking give us a call man we do this shit. don't just steal our idea like pay out pay out the humble minds that came up with this because that could use a revamp a million percent um yeah and then the next one had 94 likes granted you get kind of deeper into it and there's like some hundreds there's two hundreds but no none of them are in the thousands like they should be with fifty-two thousand followers <sighs> so i think to your point zach progressive insurance as a company is boring as fuck. nobody wants to follow them on their social platform why don't they just turn it into flow at progressive that is the most genius thing you've come up with Oh, thank you. Trademark. Thank it. you. I just was like, that's the next step. Well, yeah, don't steal our idea, but like, fuck yeah, right? Like, yeah. but I think, I mean, personally, as an agency, like, we can apply that to, I think you don't even have to have a character on, you know, prominent character. Like, I think you can make a character and just associate it with your brand social channels and just have that character be the social channel right like mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think it's yeah. worthwhile i think that's because the next step is what i was getting at yeah they're delivering mm -hmm. the same message that you want to be delivering it but they're delivering it in a humanistic way and they're exerting personality into your brand and that is why you created her in the first place so yep i like it give us a call progressive jeff yo drop jeff us Turney. a line my man all right Jeff Trendy, drop us a line. All right, that's all I got uh, for the story of flow. Great. Anything else? Any lasting <laughs> points for you? Nothing. Nothing. That was a great I, discussion, huh? Yeah, I loved that discussion a lot more than I thought I would. I was just like, oh God, Zach is gonna be <laughs> pulling straws for this episode, but you didn't. You came through. And I was like, was, I, I, I was discussing that. That was a good one. And we were just talking about brand yeah. ambassadors. Like these are the ultimate fucking brand ambassadors. Yes. Yes. And I do, I do want to say, Caitlin, you know, you were honest at the beginning. I'll be honest at the end is like, I told you that right before we got on too. like, I thought this one was going to be lame as fuck. And then you were like, how'd it turn out? I was like, surprisingly well, <laughs> like surprisingly well. So like, I was, yeah. I was the same. I was yeah. like, uh, we'll see. So, mm -hmm. um, be sure to follow our Facebook group, Manipulating the Masses uh, podcast on Facebook. We are live every Monday on Manipulating Mondays to talk about upcoming episodes. Uh, so feel free to hop on that. Ask us questions. Give us topics. Um, you got a sign off, Caitlin? I do. I might, lasting? I might yeah. plug one of the companies that we're working with um, called Love is My Religion. They are a nonprofit that we are partnering with. They host roundtable discussions uh, and they invite opposing views and opposing uh, sides. And they host it in a really well 
thought out manner. I mean, they have a fucking neuroscientist <laughs> mediating these groups. Mm. Um, so it's really, mm. really well done. They have a round table open table on uh, May 14th at 2 p.m. We will link uh, that invite, we encourage everybody to come and just hear another side of something that you wouldn't normally entertain. And it's really well done, really well thought yeah. out. Um, and when I say opposing views, I mean kind of and on I hot button topics too. So this first one's going to be uh, just liberals and conservatives, and we get to hear the other side because you know how Zach and I stand. We need we need a little bit of conservative insight in our life. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like salt. Like you don't need too much. You just need like enough to make it. Uh, but um, need, I will say, I will say, no, go ahead. We just need a little bit of the other side every once in a while, and I think everyone does. I agree. I agree. And you know, we talk about it. I think to tie it into this podcast, we've talked many times about the. Uh, the echo chambers of information on social media and on the internet and how it's just dividing us. I think love is my religion is doing a wonderful job of trying to actively bring that human element back from be typing behind screens and getting information that's catered to exactly what we already believe. So yeah. I think they're doing a wonderful job. We'll post a link in the Facebook group, like Caitlin said. Uh, please attend RSVP. We'll be there. You can yell at us for our liberal views. So yes. it'll be wonderful. No, there's um, no yelling, any, Zach. There's no yelling. No discussion about discussion. our liberal views. I, I need to like. I need a sign above my computer that says no yelling when I'm in that conversation. It's come <laughs> so natural, you know. And I'm like, Zach, don't yell. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Stay cool, stay friendly. Bye.